are Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Thursday, February 11th, 2021. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you can also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at TalkinHockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. If you like what you're hearing today, then please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. It's free wherever you may listen to your podcast, whether that's through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, etc. You'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. Also, if you're on Twitter, then please be sure to follow the Lockdown Blackhawks Twitter page. That's at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks, with some really good content being posted there every day as well. Okay, so I'm here with uh, Jack Bushman of Lockdown Hawks, and we are going to do a little bit of a preview of the upcoming game, uh, a little bit of a breakdown of how the Hawks and the Blue Jackets have kind of fared so far this season. So uh, let's let's start with that. Actually, how how did you think the Hawks were going to do this season compared to how they've actually performed so far? Well, the expectations heading into the season they were they were definitely low. I mean, no Jonathan Taze, no Kirby Doc, no Brent Seabrook, no Alex Nylander. It seemed like December, right before 2020 could end, it just absolutely crushed us. And with a lot of young talent coming up in the organization, they were going to get a lot of time to play. So the expectations weren't all that high. Most sources and most Blackhawks fans kind of expected this team to be towards the bottom along with the Detroit Red Wings and also finishing near the bottom in the entire NHL. A lot of of people were assuming this was going to be a lottery team, but it's been (laughs) a tale of two worlds here with the Blackhawks in the regular season. I mean, they got off to a tough start 0-3-1 through the first four games, and everybody was like, oh boy, here we go. This is going to be a rough one. But since then, we've actually picked up points in 10 of our last 11 games. We only have one regulation loss in our last 11 games. We've won three in a row, and all of a sudden, we're in third in the Central Division with 16 points. No one really saw that coming, but it's been a pleasant surprise and I, I got to give credit to Blackhawks head coach Jeremy Colleton. He's got these young guys fearless right now. I mean, we just beat Dallas twice in their building, the West, defending Western Conference champion Dallas Stars. We beat them twice in their own building without any, without all the guys I just mentioned who are out. We have a rookie goaltender in that. We had seven rookies in our lineup last night, and we beat the defending Western Conference champion Dallas Stars. So credit to Jeremy Colleton, credit to this young team. They have no fear right now. And Hopefully they'll be able to keep finding success. It's been a pleasant surprise so far through the first 14 games of the 2021 regular season, Jay. Yeah, I, I've actually been really impressed with kind of how the, the Hawks have, have picked themselves up this season. Uh, I'm especially impressed with um, Kevin Lankinen because <sighs> that, was, that was the big thing for me was, okay, who are they going to put in goal? Right. They've got Malcolm Subban, who has not been great so far in his career. They've got uh, Colin Delia, who is pretty untested. And then they've exactly. got this new guy, Kevin Lankinen, who seems to have just come in and taken the, taken the division kind of by storm a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. It's been the Kevin Lankinen show in Chicago. He's picked up five wins in his first nine starts, only one regulation loss. He has three OT losses. And in those games... 
he really deserved better. I mean, Kevin Lankinen could have an 8-1-0 record right now if the Hawks were able to finish off games in overtime. He's been an absolute beast for us. And it seems like every game right now, he's just very composed in that. That's the biggest thing for me watching Lankinen so far uh, instead of Delia and Subban. Delia and Subban, they're kind of just reactionary save guys. And it feels like they give up some rebounds that they probably shouldn't because they're, they're just so reactionary. They're never really closed into the shooter and have the best positioning. Lankinen's the exact opposite. He seems to always be in the right spot. He makes every save look relatively easy. He's comfortable in that. He's composed. And hearing him talk with the beat writers after games, after morning skates, the confidence is there. His confidence is so high. And that's what you need from a goaltender. You need him confident in himself that he can make every save possible in a game. And that's basically what Kevin Lankinen is doing for us right now. Last night, he allowed uh, a goal on the first shot of the game from Dallas, and then he went on to stop 34 in a row to pick up the 2-1 to one victory for the Blackhawks. So Kevin Lankinen, without a doubt, has been the MVP of this team so far, Jay. And when you get good goaltending, you find yourselves in games maybe you don't deserve to be in, and that's what's happened with the Blackhawks so far. You get good goaltending, you have a chance every night. Yeah, exactly. And it's kind of like... You're playing with house money at this point, I feel like, with the Hawks. Like, you weren't expecting to make the playoffs. You were probably going to be, you know, maybe one of the bottom five teams in the league this season. So, you know, any anything better than that is is an outright win. So, right, right. That's a good way to put to it. House, yeah, that's a good way to put it. We're playing with house money, essentially. Everything from here on on, uh, here on out. It's going to be a bonus. I mean, no one saw a 6-4-4 four, four record coming through the first 14 games. No one would have pictured we'd be over 500 with all the young players on the roster. So it's been a lot of fun so far. And however it goes the rest of the way, it's going to be a lot of fun because we know we have some of the pieces of the puzzle here to complete this rebuild in Chicago going forward. And right now, I mean, I keep my fingers crossed when I say this, but it's looking like the rebuild potentially could be shorter than a lot of Blackhawks fans were thinking because we're seeing a ton of these young guys perform well, and it's making everybody think about, wow, what could this team be like if Jonathan Taze were healthy, if Kirby Doc was here, if everyone was around? So it's definitely been a great start to the season. House money is a good way to put it, and I'm excited to see how the rest of the uh, 42 games in the regular season are going to go. Yeah, I was kind of like coming into the season, I was thinking, right, okay, Detroit is going to be an easy game for us. <laughs> Chicago is going to be an easy game for us. And then we played. Uh, two weeks ago. Yes. And I think you won one in regulation and then we won one in a shootout or, an, or overtime. Uh, yeah, you guys won. No, you guys won three to one. It was regulation. Oh, OK. Uh, so, oh, yeah, no, we, we, we won. Like, wait. We won three to one in regulation. You guys won two to one in regulation. Yeah. Right. Okay. There we go. I knew. I knew we'd we'd split. We split. The, yeah. The series. Um, but kind of coming into that series, I was like, okay, this could be like a really good confidence boost for us because we have not really performed as well as I thought we would. Uh, and then I was like, oh, okay, no, maybe, maybe I need to give this team a little bit more credit because I think, and I think I saw was it Mark Lazarus tweeted about it that that game that you lost might have been the Blackhawks' best effort yes, so yes. far that season. Seriously, that was true. That 2-1 to one loss, we played really well. Um, and that's been our only regulation loss in the last 11 games, so definitely nothing to hang our hat about. That was a great series between uh, our two teams. A lot of back-and-forth action, low scoring, good goaltending. I'm excited to see this series. And the Blue Jackets, I feel like I talked about this on my podcast when we played. 
we're 14 games, 15 games into the season. I feel like the Jackets have had a full storyline from a regular season of news. Like, <laughs> what's been the atmosphere like in Columbus with everything that's going on? All right, ladies and gentlemen, the crossover episode with Lockdown Blue Jackets will continue in just a moment. But first, I need to talk to you all about Built Bar, which is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Built Bar has a ton of awesome classic flavors like peanut butter, double chocolate, and salted caramel. And now they also have six new flavors, which are caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. All of which, like the other 12 flavors, are covered in 100% real chocolate and are soft, easy to chew, and great for the keto diet. Not only are all the bars low calorie and low sugar, but they're also a great source for protein and fiber. So make sure to go to BuiltBar.com today and use our promo code LOCKDOWN in all caps to get 20% off your next order. Guys, Built Bar just sent me a sample pack with all 18 of their flavors. They're really good. And they also just sent me a new sample pack of their coconut brownie. And that is, if you love coconut, that is seriously the best coconut Built, uh, coconut protein bar out there on the market right now. So one more time, be sure to check out BuiltBar.com for a delicious and healthy snack option. And use our promo code LOCKDOWN in all caps for 20% off your next Built Bar order. Oh, man. I just, like, I was talking to, to Nolan of Lockdown Red Wings about this. Um the other day and it just feels very much like that bit in 30 rock where um tina Fey's like oh what a week and i Baldwin's like it's tuesday um, <laughs> because like it was all obviously the the dubois thing had kind of just started to blow over i was settling in and i was like right okay we've had our drama for the season early everything is fine and then line a gets benched everyone's like oh tortorella is ruining this he's chasing another young star player out of town then it comes out that line a uh mouthed yeah. off to one of the assistant coaches on the bench i saw i saw that this morning. Got benched. and then koivu's retiring like <laughs> we've got injuries all over the place i'm like can i just like i don't want to be the main character of the nhl <laughs> like we're 14 games in you got a full you got full plate over there <laughs> but um, with line A, I mean, you know what kind of player you have and you know how torts is. And I wasn't, I mean, obviously everyone blew it up when they saw line A didn't, you know, had no time in the third period, but torts isn't going to take any crap. He's that kind of guy. He doesn't care who you are. He's not going to stand it. Yeah, exactly. And like, I talked about this, um, a couple of, a couple episodes ago after the, um, after the benching where I, you know, I said, I don't, I agree with benching someone if they make a mistake, not for the entire game, because it doesn't give them a chance to fix their mistakes. But now that it's all come out that, you know, and he's had kind of trouble like this before. I know in juniors, he got in trouble for um, telling his head coach to F off basically. So, you know, there is kind of precedent for for him kind of mouthing off to, to coaches, which I don't think is great, yeah. but I do respect uh, Tortorella's decision to bench him for the entire game a lot more now. Uh, I think it'll show him that he can't kind of waltz in here and do whatever he wants. What he was doing in Winnipeg. Uh, right. And I think, frankly, I think he'll respond to that. Like everything I've heard about him, you know, he's got a lot of, he's got a lot of fire. He's got a lot of passion, you know, and I think Tortorella respects that. And I think once 
Line A realizes, okay, we all want the same thing here, uh, but I've got to like direct my um, frustration or anger or whatever caused him to kind of flip out. I think once he realizes, okay, I can direct that somewhere else, not at the coaches, Mm -hmm. then I think we're going to be we're going to be just fine. I know everyone was really worried that it was going to be like, oh, Torts and Line A are going to not not get on at all. It's right. going to be another situation, another Johansson situation, whatever. But I think once we've kind of cleared the air with this, and it looks like he's skating on his regular line uh, in practice this morning. So I, I would be surprised if um, Line A did not come out uh, in this game against Chicago with a vengeance. <laughs> yeah, and the thing I, I think about it too is... With Torts, I mean, a lot of people see it as he's a guy who's trying to make the show about himself, per se. And obviously, I mean, I don't know the guy. I don't know if that's true or false. But whether that be true or not, he's a good coach. I mean, I feel like you've said it, like this Jackets roster, they've had some injuries. There's been crazy stuff with Pierre-Luc Dubois right from the gate before he got traded. And yet the Jackets, they're still finding a way to win games in the last couple of years. I mean, I feel like Torts has always had this team playing pretty good hockey when, I mean, no disrespect, but sometimes I feel like when you look at the Blue Jackets roster, they might be overperforming expectations, at least in the past, I feel like, last, last season maybe. And I, I feel like Torts, it, it, he does things for a reason. And obviously people flipped out before they heard about the report of Lionel mouthing off to the assistant coach or whatever, but he does things for a reason. It's not just random. And this guy knows how to coach. He's won a Stanley Cup before. So uh, I get why people were freaking out a little bit. But as you said, it's probably in the long run, it was probably just a tactic to fire line up. Like, obviously, you want to discipline the guy. You don't want him just doing whatever he wants. He's, what, 21 years old. You don't want a kid running the show in your organization thinking he can do whatever. But at the same time, that message had to be sent. And I think he, he's waiting to see how line is going to respond. And that was a good point you brought up, I think. You can expect him to come out probably firing the puck on all cylinders, trying trying to bury one against Chicago tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. Like just to kind of finish off a, a thought about Torts is I feel like, and I talked about this on on Twitter, like as it happened. Torts' leash is about as long as the Jackets' winning streak, so he does get results. You know, we are more than the sum of our parts. You know, you look at the roster, you don't see okay, we've got the second longest uh, active playoff streak in the NHL at the minute. Like, you don't look at the Blue Jackets and think, oh, yeah, perennial playoff mm-hmm. contenders, especially, you know, losing Bobrovsky, losing Panarin. Like, last season was kind of kind of how I you're approaching this season with the Hawks. I was like, okay, look, it's going to be it's going to be bad. Just accept it. Play with house money. Like, every win's a, every win's a, a plus. And we kind of, we came out and we ended up overperforming. Um, and so, yeah, I think Torts gets a lot of credit for um, picking this team up and kind of definitely bump, bumping them up to the next level, um, so to speak. But the other the other thing is as well. Uh, you are probably pretty familiar with Line A. Uh, obviously, he played in the mm-hmm. uh, Central Division with you guys. How how do you think Lankanen and kind of this young team is gonna? fair against um line eight especially like that one timer that he's got from kind of i always call it a vetchkin island but yeah (laughs) the left dot yeah yeah i mean every time 
we played Patrick Line against Winnipeg. He was so no like just him carrying the puck into the offensive zone. He can he can root fit from three feet past the blue line, and I've seen him like his shot is that good. Top five in the NHL for sure. He has a rifle. And anytime he has the puck, he has the capability of making a play happen himself because he can skate and he can shoot. And the thing about line A in the power play is you got to feed him the puck. I mean, it, I've talked about this with the Blackhawks and Dominic Kubalik. When you have a guy who can rifle the one-timer like that, you have to give him as many looks as possible because there are few and far between uh, amount of players that can have that, have that capability of just one-timing the puck from the dot and absolutely roofing it past the goaltender. You think of Ovechkin Island, right? That maybe Steven Stamkos is in, in there too. He has a great one-timer. But there's not very many guys who have that coveted shot that can really be a difference maker on the power play. So one thing for Columbus, uh, I would really be trying to just get him the puck as many times as possible because anytime he has the puck on a stick, he has the capability to score goals. I mean, we've seen what he did in Winnipeg, even though – some say he had kind of a down year the last couple of years. He's still a regular 20 near 30 goal scorer. So he's a great player. And I'd be excited for the Jackets, not just to have Patrick Line, but Jack Roslovic. Oh my God, what a goal the other night. Am I right? Oh yeah, that was, I said, uh, I, I actually texted my friend after that goal. I was like, wow, I can't believe the best player in this trade was Jack Roslovic. Yeah. <laughs> right? And I think that was a great pickup because he, a Columbus kid, right? Yep. And he's going to want to play there. That's kind of been an issue, I would say, with Columbus is being able to get guys to stay there. And I feel like if Jack, Jack Roslick's so young, a former first-round pick, that he's going to want to stay in his hometown. So I think that was an awesome pickup. And, I mean, <laughs> the results have shown so far that it looks like it's been a pretty good, good trade for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah, I mean, it's difficult to kind of weigh the trade up at the minute, obviously, because Pierre-Luc Dubois had to go yeah. through and he's, he only played his first game last night. But I know Harrison's really excited about um, about watching him play. But yeah, like Jack Roslick has got seven points in his first seven games as a Blue Jacket. Like, you can see how excited he is to be here. Uh, currently, he's centering Line, who he's got, you know, pretty good, pretty good familiarity with. And uh, Cam Atkinson, who... Uh, Jack Russell grew up like wanting to be Cam Atkinson, so that's oh, that's sweet. It makes it makes me feel a little bit old because Cam Atkinson's only a couple of years older than me, <laughs> so I don't know how I would feel about like about that if I was Cam. But um, yeah, he he clearly is just having he's just having a good time. Like you can see, he's having fun. He's not overthinking. He's getting more confident every time he steps on the ice. So yeah, Jack Russell uh, and like. When we acquired him, all of the fancy stats guys were like, oh, he's not very good. He's, you know, a third liner at best, but he's, he's just having a great time. Like, I, I'm, not an, goes. I'm not an analytics guy. I mean, I, analytics can tell you stuff behind the scenes, but when people go full on dive into analytics and they don't even consider the eye test, I think that's just a little off. And clearly, I mean, Rostovic's been proving them wrong so far. And I think another big part of that is, in Winnipeg, I feel like they were just, they have their guys there. You know, they have Wheeler, they have Shifley, they have Kyle, they have Kyle Connor, they have Nikolai Ehlers, and they kind of just roll with their big guns to do all the heavy lifting. I feel like they were pretty reluctant to give Roslovic a huge role, especially, you know, you took him in the first round, you kind of want to get him into those situations. 
And here in Columbus, now he's playing a bigger role and he's thriving in it. As you said, seven points in his first seven games. He looks like he's having fun. And I'm honest, I'm, I'm sure that's a huge difference in it. When you're playing hockey and you want to be there and you're having a good time, you're playing on a line with your buddy and you're just making magic happen out there. That's a lot of fun. And that makes, you know, coming to the rink a lot easier when you can just have fun with your buddies and you're producing at the same time. It feels like it's just a good situation for Roslovic to be in right now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the crossover episode will continue in just a moment. But first, I need to talk to you all about betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And be sure to use our promo code LOCKDOWN, one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing, and BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, believe it or not. Real-time, updated odds, and prop bets on almost anything you can imagine, and BetOnline also has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds for every game. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, and be sure to use our promo code LOCKDOWN, that's one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. It's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Yeah, exactly. I feel like people under understate that a lot, but like, you've got to want to play hockey. Like I play, um, I play beer league. I've played for a couple of different teams and playing for playing with guys that you like playing with a team that like you, you, you love going to the rink. It's you, you know, you just you like spending time with these guys. It just makes it so much better. Like, if and it makes enjoy- sense spending time with your team you're going to play better you're going to perform more and I think Russellvik is kind of he's got to come home you know he gets to see his family uh you know it's I think it, you can't understate just how much like that is is affecting Definitely. him and I hate I, I used to hate that like oh he's, he's gonna go he's gonna go home because it happens all the time with Toronto every single time like an Ontario born mm-hmm. player is you know, into contract negotiations, Toronto's like, what if he wants to come home? Uh, <laughs> but like now that we have our own kind of homegrown player, I'm like, okay, no, I, we have to keep him forever. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it's looking good so far. Um, I wanted to get into the Miku Koivu situation a little bit. Did see that coming at all? Were there any signs that was going to be the situation? I mean, I know obviously he signed in the off season, so it looked like he was going to be ready to go, but I, I bring that up because the Blackhawks kind of had a similar situation with Corey Crawford. I mean, he left, he went and signed with New Jersey, and then all of a sudden, before the season even starts, he decided to, to call it to hang up the skates. And, and no one was really surprised by the move, but at the same time, when someone goes out and signs another deal, you know at some point along the way, they wanted to play another season. So did you see it coming at all with Koivu, and what was, what was your reaction to that? Uh, the short answer is no. Uh, I didn't see it coming at all. Um, the longer answer is that I didn't see it coming, but when I thought about it and when, you know, he talked about it in his press conference about things, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, he missed the first six or seven games of the season because he was in COVID protocol. Um, it's unconfirmed whether he actually had it, but if he'd been there for that long, I feel like probably mm-hmm. he did. Probably did. He missed most of training camp and he talked about like 
not being able to put himself in um in situations in games where he felt like he was keeping up with the team and so i think it was probably a combination of you know the guys mm. what 36 37 you know he's yeah he's up there he's already you know old for a hockey player and if he's you know struggling with getting back to normal after potentially having covid like we've seen um oh what is it marco rossi from the wild yes yes he had to go back to his country yeah exactly because he had covid and he can't like he can't just recover from it and you know if that's happening to a 19 year old in you know definitely prime condition then i feel like that's probably having an effect on uh koivu i know um I think, yeah, I think he just was kind of a combination of he's getting old and COVID took more out of him than he realized. And I think he's basically decided, right, I'm going to, I'm just going to call it, you know, which it sucks for us because our um, center depth, which has gone from being really strong, you know, we had Dubois, Domi, Koivu, and then uh, Riley Nash on the fourth line. And that was a really, that was the Mm -hmm. strongest we've been at center in, in a long time. And then obviously Dubois is gone. Uh, Domi hasn't worked out thus far. Koivu's gone. You know, it's suddenly I'm like, oh, okay, what are we, <laughs> what, what are we going to do at center now? But, um, you know, I, I wish him the best, obviously. And I wish more guys would do what he did and what um, Corey Crawford did, which is realize that hockey is not everything. You know, he's got kids he's got um Corey Crawford I'd like just had a baby this mm-hmm. off season right yes you know I I don't and I I know that his I don't know you know the, the circumstances around his retirement or anything but he missed a lot of time with post-concussion syndrome over the past couple of years so I think you know I I have all the respect in the world for him and for Koivu being like no okay I've done my time I've played my hockey I'm going to look after myself right and I feel like for Koivu it was probably a little tougher because he's never won a cup Corey Crawford has two Stanley Cups in his resume and it just felt like Corey had nothing left to prove and you said he he understood that hockey wasn't everything he was dealing with concussions the last couple years and it's just been a grind for him to even be on the ice so when I, when I thought about it a little bit more and it was like to go join a team like New Jersey and split starts with Mackenzie Blackwood, a team that's probably not going to be very good. It just didn't really make sense in the long run for Corey to come back for that. So uh, it, it was an interesting situation, but um, I, I understand why they went the way they did, especially when you're an older guy, you know, and you've been around the league for so long, you know your body and you know what it has to be at in order to be at the NHL level. And when you know you don't have it, I think it was really a sign of respect also from Koivu that he didn't want to take up a roster spot in this team. He didn't want to act like, you know, he was going to be a big impact player when he knew he wasn't going to be. So, um, and I hope that leads to a lot of other players taking that same route. I know guys want to play. And when, when guys are in this league and you hear them talk about it after their time, they say they would have done anything, you know, to have success. They would have blocked a shot with their teeth. That's just how hockey players are. But at the same time, you got to think about your future and you, you just want to take the safe route because there are so much more important things later on in your career that you want to be able to enjoy and you want to be able to look back on your time and, and be happy with it, you know? 
And I think it was uh, a good call by Miku Koivu. And I think it was a big uh, sign of respect also to the Blue Jackets and the organization. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that will take care of Thursday, February 11th episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to subscribe and to follow the Locked On Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you'll get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, ask your smart device to play the Locked On NHL podcast. The NHL regular season is underway, and the best way to keep track of it all is by subscribing to Locked On NHL. Local experts each week bring you the biggest stories, game recaps, and fantasy advice all in one podcast. So be sure to subscribe to Locked On NHL wherever you may get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account, at JackBushman2, or you can also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account, at TalkinHockey, for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. For any questions at all regarding anything related to the show, feel free to email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com, or you can hit me on one of my Twitter accounts, or you can even call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, go Hawks. Let's pick up a big win here tonight against the Columbus Blue Jackets. And thanks again for listening to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.